2: and a license with the premier league and uefa to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches as a listener to this podcast you can get 10 percent off everything with coupon code ai pro 10 just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on etsy by searching for anfield index
0: hello and welcome to the anfield index podcast broadcasting to you from my study in my house in a field here in beautiful rural ireland i'm trev downey I'm joined tonight by Lisa Marie Hannan and by Cam Branch for a smaller than usual crew for the second week in in a row, and uh, we're going to try our hand at the old producing thing here ourselves as well, so do bear with us if we get a bit distracted by uh, Cam's knob twiddling again. Um, I want to start off this week on a more serious note than I have been of late, because this week did see the passing of a very uh, important uh, player in Liverpool's um, modern history in Ray Kennedy um would have been beloved of those reds who were fans in the 70s and uh, into the 80s and as a result therefore um specifically well known by um A couple of people of this parish, um, Cam would have remembered watching Ray play, no doubt. And certainly, uh, Carl Kopak, uh, had great, had great time for Ray and had gotten to meet him a couple of times and knew him personally. So I thought it was important just to give a little tribute to, uh, Ray Kennedy, uh, at the start of this. And who better to do it than a, another, um, Anfield great, um, in the form of John Aldridge. Um, who had uh, some very nice words to say about Ray and about his impact. Uh, I thought he summed it up nicely in these two minutes. So give this a listen. Yeah, great player. You know,
1: Shank's left the club, and, 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 and you know that was just going away. Presence, Ray, uh, and what a presence it was. What a player, centre forward at Arsenal. You know, played centre midfield and left wing, scored goals from both positions awesome player slightly a little bit underrated i think from me maybe the media not from the fans and such i wasn't from here the synthetian game to be fair i couldn't stand here because you couldn't get in the cup i was a bit further there but obviously he helped that came around scored the goal made made the winner but there was a game also people forget about wolves wolves the way we needed to win to win the league and i traveled down there sag school that day. uh, (laughs) I got on the train and uh, I went to watch as we get me 1-0. Steve Kindon scored. We were feeling the worst. And Ray's second half was awesome. We won 3-1. He scored. Keegan and Toshek scored. And and I'll never forget them two games in particular. But across the board, he was such a great player. You ask everyone who's a good player. And what Paisley even said, the one player he could have sold over and over again. He, with the great plays that he played with, with Ray. So it was a really sad day. You know, um, what he had to live with for half of his life is it was pretty horrendous. And he's done so, so, so much good for other people who had the disease and made it prominent. Uh, as well being a great player, he was, he was a great fellow as well. Obviously, he's very well remembered by both Liverpool and Arsenal yeah. fans. We had that game where there was the joint mosaic between the two clubs. Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of says it all, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, it does. You know, uh, proper legend. You know that word's used far too often. But certainly, you know, what he did in life and did on the football pitch. You know,
0: so nice little tribute by Aldo uh, for Ray there and just by way of us. As a show, kind of marking uh, his passing and paying our respects, I thought that would be important. Uh, last week we started with Lisa Marie, I'm pretty sure. So this week we might as well go to Cam. How are you doing, my friend?
3: I'm very good, thanks, Fred. Uh, you good?
0: Yeah, I, I am. I'm I'm tired, dude. I've been I've been carrying an injury, uh, and because uh, I have been training pretty hard over the last month or so, and
3: that's right.
0: When you're carrying an injury, I don't know what it is about it, but pain or whatever just it's tiring so I've, i'm i'm spinning a lot of plates as i've i've kind of alluded to uh both of you in the past oh. uh, so it's just i'm kind of tired I've, if i do doze off in the middle of this don't take it personally all right that's just basically the way the mm-hmm. way i put it um <clears throat> what have you got Sorry, me and lisa mary were just uh well you we, just yeah you just crack on i
3: mean i'm i'm just here as a psychic obviously you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah everybody knows that that is not the case and in fact host i may be but i'm just a window dress and it's all about you too so what have you got for starters for us today man
3: um couple of things so firstly um um little thing for about ray kennedy um obviously i don't remember too much um about that period you know i was still you know a bit of a nipper seven eight years old um um, when I started sporting Liverpool, you know, and towards uh, well, from 1977 onwards, and there wasn't a lot of TV, TV coverage of the games. wasn't allowed to watch a match of the day, you know, because it was obviously so late, you know, well past the bedtime, you know, um, nine, 10 o'clock, whenever it used to come on. So, um, what I do remember, he was a wonderful, wonderful player, um, fitted, to the team. Um, really well. And, you know, and these are the words of, uh, Bob Paisley. Um, and what he wrote in his autobiography about Ray Kennedy. In my view, he was one of Liverpool's greatest players and probably the most underrated. And that sums it up perfectly. I think it
0: does actually. It's, that's interesting because that's pretty much the, the tack that our was taking there. In his. yes, yeah, he, he said
3: underrated as well.
0: Yeah, interesting. Interesting.
3: Yeah. So um so that was um my little thing for Ray Kennedy and um obviously Carl Kupak. Um obviously a big part of this show um is very closely connected to to Ray Kennedy and the family. So um a lot of love to you Carl and please convey our love to the Kennedy family from all at Anfield Index. For sure. Absolutely. Right, I've got something else for you. I have in front of me the lyrics for a song. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to say a paragraph. I'm not going to sing a paragraph because that would be awful for everyone. An atrocity, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I was going to say abomination, <laughs> but atrocity works as well. So, uh, <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same level. <laughs> um, so let's see if, if either of you can um, get the song. I'm going to just pick a random paragraph.
0: Okay. So, All right. You do mean verse, yes? Verse, yeah, yeah, verse. Well,
4: Lyric, so, whatever, okay. Yeah, yeah,
3: part of lyrics, yeah, yeah, lines. <laughs> Here we go. There the wicked carried us away in captivity requiring of us a song. Now how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land?
0: I've literally no idea where what you're, what you're
3: going with this. Yeah, oh, I'm not going anywhere. I just thought I'd just there's <laughs> 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 no rhyme or reason it I well I mean I don't know
4: what you think I, don't know I do you better think. with the music than with the lyrics
0: yeah I, I don't know what you reckon Lisa Marie, this sounds like it's got some sort of like obviously religious connotations give us another bit there man
3: another bit then okay yeah. the next verse is let the words of our mouth and the med- med- meditation of our heart be acceptable in the sight in thy sight here tonight let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight here tonight.
0: Okay, this is a hymn of some sort. Obviously. No, it's this not a,
3: actually. It's not? It, okay. I, I I remember this song when I was about, oh, it's probably late 70s, this song.
0: Late 70s? Yeah.
3: i tell you what, I'm going to play it. No, oh, play it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Let's open up Spotify.
0: I, I've got, I've, I've got a wild guess. But...
2: Can you hear that? I was just going to say
3: Boney M. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The rivers of Babylon, yeah. Indeed.
0: There you go. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's a
3: bit,
1: it's a bit, yeah.
3: I just let him first line for me.
1: By the river, there yeah. we sat down. There
3: yeah, we went. When we remembered,
0: now I'm just sad you didn't sing that. Yeah,
3: I, I loved that song as a kid. Oh, the,
0: Boney M. were never off the radio when I was a child. That's a yeah, fact. They're constantly. Yeah, and uh, right. Brown Girl in the Ring. Remember that one? Yeah. And uh, Rasputin. Rasputin was the one for me. Yeah. So, yeah but, they, they were a, they they were radio brilliant. radio yeah. regulars. Nice nice little feature, Cam. I'm not sure what we'll call it, but I like this. uh well, Marie, next what week, have you well, got,
3: I've got something else for you.
0: Do do please, I'm I'm liking this. Uh, what what have you got to start for, with, with this week, Liz Marie?
4: Well, I I had kind of a busy morning, so I really didn't have time to pull something. But um, just going to read you a little a little something that has been related to something that's been going on in our household here this week.
0: Is this is this one of your 18th century uh, novels or poems that you wrote when you were uh, younger?
4: <laughs> no, although I did try. I did start to look for uh, quotes from Emily Bronte, but I
0: didn't have a yeah. chance. Yeah, 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 uh, Just that's a little bit inside baseball for listeners. Just to let you know, uh, Lisa Marie shared a picture of her from her youth, of herself <laughs> from her youth. Uh, she had a distinctly uh, 18th century novelist go off her. Uh, so that's what that's a reference to. Anyway, I digress. What were you about to read to us? The novel's
4: greatest mistake happened in its final pages, where the author completely falls off with the quality of the story. There is only one word I could use to describe the ending of this book, but it is not school appropriate, so I will settle for disappointing. And that is from an excerpt of a critical analysis my 16-year-old wrote for <laughs> his English class. And he has been going on and on about this. It's The book is called um, All the Light We Cannot See in it's 530 pages and paul was not impressed and so he went on for i don't know 1200 words to lay out while he was not impressed but anyway yeah. it's it's been central topic of the hanahan household this week is paul needing to write the essay then writing the essay and now wanting to anxiously to know what grade he has received on his english
0: critical analysis so anyway well, well li- listener listener i have read said young man's uh, uh critique uh and he's not happy uh with this book at all uh and it's uh, <laughs> it's tremendous stuff i always like that <laughs> i always like that when someone has the confidence to just r- have a, r- a right go at a, at a, at yeah, a text i did it, i
4: sent it over to trev because i thought he might as a teacher might be amused because
0: yeah mean, it's great
4: Not to be a biased parent, but I thought, you know, his arguments were fairly well thought out, and he, you know, supported them with details from the book, and it, honestly, it was surprising after just hearing to him, hearing him for weeks just talk about how the book was stupid, so (laughs) he was able to channel that into something a little more eloquent. um,
0: Yes, exactly, exactly, and that's... (laughs) That is the thing with which I have a lot of experiences, uh, both ends of that, seeing kids who are, are, uh, capable of that and maybe not capable of that. Uh, but like I said, it's really, it's a big ask to be critical because it's always easier to say something's wonderful or tremendous and lay it on thick. So yeah, fair play. I, I was, I was, uh, impressed by his, uh, chutzpah. Um, fair play to him. Um, so we should start our chats about the reds <clears throat> and it's, kind of traditional that we focus on uh, an idea each that's just sort of sat with us in the wake of the recent games and and for the record we are recording the night before our next game which is against wolves uh we had in the week the everton match which is probably looming large in the minds of all of Mm. the three of us uh and previous to that of course uh what had we before that we had the game at the weekend which was Southampton. 4-0 Southampton so we are we are in um quite the run of form uh, it would have to be said um very uh, enjoyable to watch us doing our our, our going a better business and because the derby was the way it was and the thing that struck me I'll just get the ball rolling the thing that struck me most was I mean I've said it a few times but uh, they're such an odd bunch. Um they really are. Uh, most of, of, of post match role was me just scratching my head at how weird the Everton fans are. Um and, and it's not so I don't want to lay it on thick and just leave it at that. But uh, suffice it to say, they're so weird and I found them so irritating over the course of of the game that I was really hoping Klappo would do his patented go to the away fans uh, or go to the home fans at the end of a particularly big game and do his three punches thing, which I have to say is one of my favorite uh, Klopp era rituals. I think it's fantastic. I think it's a lovely connector between the gaffer and the fans. Uh, just it's one of the little things that makes us that bit different you know and i'm sure i am sure it winds other people up no end i'd say they hate it i'd say they hate seeing it i'd say they hate him for doing it i'd say they hate me for telling telling them how much i love it so that's great. I think, I think that's uh, getting up people's nose is good. Um, but for me, it's just, it's, it's this little source of joy. Um, there are many things about the Reds that are good at the moment. Many, many things that you can, you know, we can all, uh, knock some crack out of Mo Salah being the best player in the world. Um, despite what the balloon bore people think. Um, you know, and, and this is all great stuff, but that, I don't know what it is about that little ritual. Um, I'm I'm knocking tremendous value out of it. So fair play to Klopp for doing that. That was the one I thought I'd mention to get the ball rolling. And uh, Cam, you know, I don't don't feel you have to pick the the Everton thing at all. But um, what was the sort of Reds related uh, footy thing that was uh, you know come to mind for you to mention on this show?
3: A um, couple of things um, for me. Um the diving particularly struck a chord with me. Um there was three incidents in that game. Uh two resulted in bookings. I think one was Damari Grey, one was and- Andros Townsend. Yeah. And then there was the, the Gordon, is it young the young kid Gordon? Yeah, who yeah. Who, who who earned a free but he's he, he, the most he, egregious after. Yeah,
4: and, was, and mean, Andrew Robertson got a yellow card
3: for. He's and explained to me. <laughs> well, you, you can't. That that's the point on that. You can't explain that one. But my point here is actually goes beyond this game actually, and it's in the past. The narrative has been sometimes fairly, sometimes unfairly that Amani and Mo Salah. They dive a lot, you know. And you know, we we've had some questionable decisions go for us, and we've had some decisions where they've been blatantly fouled not go for us. And that's probably because they now have reputations that precede them for whatever reason. And we've seen opposition fans completely slate those players mercilessly for for their, you know. Simulation diving, whatever you want to call it. We've seen pundits do, you know, five, ten minutes on Mo Salah diving or Sadio Mane diving. And there's probably been articles written about them diving. Have those three individuals now received the same level of criticism? That's my question Because two of them got booked. I don't remember Salah or Mane ever getting booked for diving. They may well have done. But please tell me, please, somebody please tell me if it's happened because I want to know why our players have been singled out in the way they have been, yet these players have been booked, rightly so, and one got away with it. Nothing's been said about it. Why? Unless I've missed it all, Lest I've been misreading Twitter and you know, and it's just a normal day in paradise.
0: Now I I think you I think you're hitting on something here. And and we have to be careful because uh I'm aware that I can often you know, if I go off on one here, I can often sound I'm sure it sounds incredibly one eyed. I'm I'm sure it does. But for me, related to this is the way in which it seems to be okay to kick Sadio Mane all around the pitch. Mm-hmm. It seems to be okay to kick Mo Salah all around the pitch. Um, and because the two of those individuals are probably pound for pound the most impressively strong footballers in the league physically. Um, to say nothing of their obvious talents as 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 uh, creative footballers and goal scorers and all the rest of it, because they have that strength, because they have that low center of gravity and they don't uh, moan and they get up and they look to go on and they look to take a quick free kick or whatever, um, there's almost never anything made of it. But even when they do go down and stay down, there's never anything made of it, and as you say, Cam, the narrative rather is the contrary. The narrative is that they are, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, the foreign lads. <laughs> well, I don't want to go there, Trev, but you know, yeah. you said it now. It's it's there, man. It's there. It's and it's why I think, you know, I, I get a, a there's a funny bad whiff of that thing I was talking about with. The treatment of sadio as well i i don't i don't like it i mean lisa marie way in here because i'm liable to go full conspiracy theory uh and 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 just take us take us off down a dark (laughs) it would be unusual for me and take us off down a dark path so i mean does this make any sense to you and again feel free to tell me to shut up um if 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 this ever irritates you but what i like about it about have, having your voice on the show apart from altogether from from all the obvious benefits is just that you know you do have a different perspective and a more recent perspective. I mean, have you noticed this? Is this a thing you pick up on?
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I noticed that uh, Sadio, especially the last season or two, seems to be knocked all over the pitch, and nothing is ever called. I mean, you know, drugged down, pushed, shoved, bullied, wrestled, um, you know, and yeah, play on. No, no big deal. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, you know, I do, I agree. Um, and, you know, I hate to think that it has that, you know, tinge of, of what you've alluded to, but it's an unfortunate thing that it, that it likely does. But to me, um, you know, <laughs> Uh, who were we playing? Was it Atletico Madrid? No, I don't remember. It was one of the Champions League games, and it was one of the, the either the Spanish the Spanish team that they were just they were rolling all over the pitch, and it was just like, are you kidding me? I mean, you know, get up and play the game. Don't don't fall every time somebody touches you, and you know, th- but they don't seem to get criticized for that. So I don't understand why our players are criticized when when it isn't blatant or at all, you know, that they're that they're really trying to a lot of times if they're exaggerating it, it's because that's the only way they can win the free kick is is to go down. I mean, there's there's been a couple times where I've seen, you know, there's where you've seen Sadio, you've seen Mo, I mean, sh- stay on their feet when probably nine out of ten other players would go down. And mm-hmm. and you've seen them use their strength, because as you you rightly said, Trevor, I mean, pound for pound, those guys are just, it's incredible. And I saw some little thing, I don't remember who they were, what player they were talking to just recently, but was talk you know, they were asking who was the first in the gym and everything. And they said that Mo and Sadio are the first in and they are the last out every, all the time, you know, that, that's, and there's no doubt about it when you, when you, look at the strength that they have in their play so no you're you i mean cam has not you both you have a point it's it's absolutely correct i
0: don't uh, on, on, on the disagree g- with on, you at all <laughs> on the gym thing i think you saw Tell I me mean, the gym thing just seriously like the the deltoids on those two boys <laughs> i i mean it's just ridiculous stuff you can it's it's stuff you can only uh dream of as a as an Al codger running around the gym like me at the moment uh but it's it's highly impressive that's just by the by and cam i mean just to lean into this uh, and take it to to its conclusion with yourself as it is your topic you brought up yeah. um what about that concept? Because at least Marie raises something very interesting. Atletico Madrid come to Anfield and uh, throw themselves all around the place. Porto do the same and, and, and roll around and waste time. And uh, it's it's sort of um, indulgently uh, sniggered at by the commentary teams and called the dark arts. Yeah. Uh, whereas if foreign lads with on, a, on a, an English-based team do it, um, we get the high moral ground bollocks, and yeah. um, we get the look. I mean, I'll just say it: <sighs> suggestion of xenophobic uh, uh, attitude. You know, it's, it's 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 it. The attitude is there. It's like, oh, Johnny Foreigner's at it again. It's just like, come on, really? I mean, how, how, are are these people? What do they say the when
3: existence? Harry Kane does
0: it? Are they aware exactly. of <laughs> Harold Kane? I mean, like, look at it. Look at Harold go. Uh, you know. I mean, I don't know. We take take us to the finishing line on this one, Cam. The, the, the,
3: that's the answer. There it is. It's it's there for everyone to see as. Plain as day. When Harold Kane f- falls um, over, it's, not, oh no, that was clever play. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's smart street, play. That's street what you do. clever
4: Harry. Yeah.
3: <laughs> street but, wise they call Yeah. But when, when Salah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Salah and Sadio have never died. That, you know, they've gone down sometimes at the faintest of touches. And the but the reasoning they've had to go down at the faintest touches now, because it's the only way you can get get a penalty. Sometimes, I mean, just go look at the the game yesterday. Harry Maguire pulls, he pulled a player down blatantly. Nothing, wasn't even a review. Why was it? Because it was Harry Maguire. You know, am I overreaching here? I don't think I am. No, you're not. Yeah, and it's it's the referees don't do it on purpose, but they haven't. They obviously have an unconscious bias, whether they want to accept that or not. It's there. I'm not saying they're racist. I'm not saying they're xenophobic. I'm not saying they're bigots. But it it's there. There is something there.
4: Home, so to speak, hometown advantage or home country.
3: Yeah, it's it's sort just like, yeah, yeah, because the narrative has always been well, it's only Johnny Foreigner who dies, <laughs> so you don't see it when you know, and you don't see it when our players die. I mean, Michael Owen used to die. Mm. I hated it. I remember a game against Sheffield United, I think Liverpool's first game of the season, and we were one nil down, and Gerrard dived and got a penalty for us. I hated it, but I love the fact that we scored the penalty but I hated the fact that he died to get that penalty you know and it stinks it's it's one of my biggest bugbears about football is it's just blatant cheating mm. but it also bugs me immensely the fact that uh, certain players are not called out for it and there's nothing, nothing being said about it anywhere. It's just brushed under the carpet. I was waiting. I was watching the game, uh, obviously, uh, Wednesday night and at half time, I was waiting for anything about the two dives to be mentioned, the two yellow cards. Nothing. Not a word. Not a word. I probably had, the, I had Premier. I was watching on Premier Sports. I'm, I'm guessing you were as well. Premier. I was. I was. Yeah. Not a word. Yeah. And I was like, I was really disappointed. And then, obviously, as soon as the game's finished, I've I've switched off. I I haven't waited for post-match interviews, post-match summary or anything. I mean, obviously, probably the same with yourself. You've got ready for the show. So, um, and I'm like, and I'm I'm just thinking, I I can almost certainly guarantee nothing will really be mentioned about, you know, the dives. And it's like, it's, it makes me sad it doesn't make me angry it makes me sad that in today's society in today's world that this is what's happening and, it, and it's just not right and you know the authorities need to do I don't know what they can do but something needs to be done we need you know the people who have the voice to express their their views and opinions in a fair way but even they struggle, because when we see, we've had those debates, when we've seen those debates, they've still not been able to be impartial. Yeah, you see,
0: there there are a couple of things here though, because you, 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 this is actually, it's taken a little bit of a twist, a complex twist here now, because you were talking about the morality uh, inherent in, in, in the idea of cheating, uh, as opposed to, you know, it being something that's only uh, leveled at certain individuals, which is where we started. Yeah, uh, and, and, and you know, and let me just go on record as saying that when we had someone like Luis Suarez in our team, who wouldn't oh, be averse to, yeah. to 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 do and things like that. Um, I, I, I I'm not going to. It's not the diving itself and the cheating itself that gets me. It's the disparity between how how certain people are spoken about and certain other people are spoken about in relation to it. I don't know that I have the, the same uh, sadness or outrage about it as a concept because it's it was ever thus. You know, people always found ways to cheat, and 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 you know what's interesting about it is, They've started to get good at it. There is a way of of diving now where if you do it right, you kinda you kind of hang a leg in there. Harry Kane is 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 absolutely the The
4: master of it, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, world-class at it. You 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 hang a leg in so that there is contact. So the 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 VAR will be able to see there's contact, even though it's you actually creating the contact. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean look uh, (sighs) Is it, it, you know is that actually streetwise? Much as it might make you a little bit sick into your own mouth to 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 hear it spoken of, about Harry Kane, I I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just far less um um I'm far more morally apparent uh, than than you are, uh, Cam. But I, I I don't I don't know about I don't know about the the concept of that it makes me sad overall. I just don't like the way there's no joined up thinking in the way that people talk about it um in relation to certain people it's 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 an issue i mean i don't think you. i think you're right man i don't think you can eradicate it it's Mm. it's it's gonna stay there because people just get better at it and like i said this new thing of hanging a leg in is is comparatively recent development like lads have gotten very good at that so i don't know i i I don't know what the answer is but uh, it's one to watch with um you know as as cam says maybe a mixture of 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 disappointment and, and um and and ongoing frustration until they until something happens and they sort it out. I just would be worried about that ongoing sort of low level um jingoistic bullshit that goes on um, and is just accepted. You know, I don't like that. It's a bit of a worry. Um in terms of a Reds related story from yourself, Lisa Marie, just to keep the the the, the wagon barreling down the road here what was the one you wanted to uh, focus on
2: enjoying this podcast then why not supercharge your support for the reds with anfield index pro with around 30 premium podcasts every month ai pro offers the very best reviews reaction and debate on all things lfc from the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our under pressure podcast to the transfer links scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match AI Pro is home to our very best content, with regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Molby and Sir Kenny Dalgleish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists. We'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive, available on all popular podcast platforms, with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to amfieldindexpro.com. To start your seven day free trial now
4: um well I would just like to say that it has been nice the last two games seeing Andy Robertson back up to his I guess best levels um, three assists I think in the last two games and
3: yes yeah,
4: playing playing very well so um yeah back to his The rest, apparently, and maybe the bit of competition from um, his uh, compatriot there has uh, served him well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a really good point. Uh, He actually has looked like a man possessed, hasn't he, to be fair? A little bit, yes. You know, he really, really did, especially… In the best
4: way, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, the best way. Like, in in the first outing back after his his time out of the team, I mean, he looked a bit rabid, uh, if we're being honest. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I, I think yeah, it's when great. he came
4: in at the, what, was it the Porto game? When he came in, he yes. just looked like, huh, I'll show you all that I can still play, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, my spot, my shirt, get out of the way. Yeah,
0: no. I, I, I love that. I yeah. absolutely love that. I think that's fantastic. That's exactly what we want and need uh, from all of our footballers. I, I was talking about it recently on some other show um, where I saw a fantastic clip from Stevie Gerrard back in the day when he was doing some punditry and he was talking about the ruthlessness that you just have to have as a footballer. Like me, you know, you may be my pal, like Simicus there. Fair play to you. You're a lovely lad. Everyone seems to like you. Um, but that's my shirt, like you just said, Liz Marie. And, um, I think that's great. I mean, that's what you want to see. And it's so much a part of Andy Robbo, isn't it, Liz Marie? That yeah. it, it, it's, you know, he's, it's, Absolutely central to him. He's our, of, of all the lads on our team, he's the one that opposition fans hate the most because he's our wind up merchant. He's the <laughs> one rough. He's the one ruffling <laughs> Messi's hair. He's the one mouthing loudest, uh, when there's something to be given out about. It. It's always Andy Robbo who's the loudest voice. Uh, yeah, he's, um, you know. We, 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 he gets we that, that little
4: smirk that he had oh i love yes. it <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: but you can see how opposition fans probably really really hate it you know so I, I think that's great and especially you know when he's producing like that i mean it's it's incredible uh, and, and it's I, feel, I felt a bit sorry for him as well because trent is obviously at the the other end of his career he's still such a young guy um and he has all these years of of high, high, high productivity ahead of him still, I did feel a bit sorry for him because at one stage he was really kind of matching Trent, you know, almost assist for assist there, one of the great seasons that we've had recently. So it's nice to see him back on track with that. It's a massive, massive boost for us. And Cam, just to give you your say on Robbo as well, like, you know, we've spoken um, at length about what this team can achieve, you know, and he's one of the guys... Because Trent has been so great and maybe because Robbo was having a quieter time over a longer period there that maybe none of us really wanted to acknowledge in terms of his productivity. Uh, it, you forget how essential he is. Um, because I've dis I've described a couple of goals where Robbo was central recently on post match draw as ac- actually archetypal clop era Liverpool goals. And it's because mm. of a Robbo pullback. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He does that so well, uh, and you, you, when it's when it's not happening, I suppose it's easy to forget how how much of a great weapon it is in 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 Clappo's armory. There,
3: yeah, I mean, firstly, I've got to hold my hands up and say I was I was wrong in that. Obviously, what Robbo has done in the last two and, a, two and a bit games has been phenomenal, and you know, I just wanted Semikas to be playing more because. Simicast for me was producing. He was doing everything. He's yet to concede a goal while he's been on the pitch. And that's quite a few games he's played now. So that's, uh, some record from Simicast there as well. He's doing his job defensively and he was providing a really good, um, attacking outlet option as well. So what Robbo has done since he's come back in, he, he obviously, he needed that break. He's been nonstop, you know, international through the summer he just not had a rest and he just needed that week, two weeks, whatever it was just to uh recharge refresh and he is a man possessed right now. Um Those cutbacks you mentioned before he had the break none of them were coming off and no. I was like oh he's done another one, he's done another one, he's done another one now all of a sudden it's like everybody else is back on the same wavelength as him so was it his cutbacks that that were wrong or was it the other players who just weren't being in the right place when they, they know he's going to do that cutback? Who knows? But what, what, what has happened is it's like I said, uh, like Lisa Maria said, three assists in the last two games and he has been unbelievable. You know, it's just, it's fantastic to have Robbo back playing at that level and he's, he's playing at a level again. Like you said, it, I think it was the uh, title winning season where him and Trent were literally assist for assist. And it was like, who's going to get the most assists at the end of the season? And you can see Robert just, just going above and beyond now. Um, What I would like to see now is um, some serious competition coming for Trent. And maybe bring Trent up another level.
0: we, We kind of touched on this last week with the Nico Williams thing and whether, and Nico is going to be or is ever going to be uh, able to do that. And, but, you know, it, he's obviously a very different type of footballer. But, yeah. you know, it, I, I'd agree with you. Um, I'd love to see us re- recruit someone there maybe as well. Because um, I just get the feeling, and I couldn't be wrong, and I hope I'm really wrong because I obviously want all the lads that were with us to do well. Um, but I just to get the feeling Nico's one of those guys that you'll see playing regularly for some other Premier League team, you know, um, sooner rather than later. But I got, you know, that remains to be seen. Um, can we just as well, while we're on it, um, and talking about the, the Derby win, just give a little bit of, uh, airspace to Diogo Jota because I, I know, Uh, quite a lot of people have picked up on this but I mean that was a hell of a performance from that kid and he has something that that our other attackers don't he's he's got a directness to him that I really like and that goal with the little Cruyff turn was the touch with his left foot the set with his right foot where he blows it past uh, uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex Arms at the near post I mean that is that's an outrageous goal to score uh it, it, it it's it's a really really outrageous goal to score i have to say it, it not enough was made of that for me i think it was beautiful the execution of it um so i really i'm 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 re- bringing this round to a question um, I think he may have changed my mind over the course of the last two games uh, on the simple question of what do I think is the best Liverpool eleven? Uh, what mm. do I think Klopp thinks is his best Liverpool eleven? And I think Bobby might just have been bounced out of that eleven, but I don't know. And Klopp was a loyal man. I mean. What do you reckon, guys? Do you reckon that team that went out against Everton is probably our strongest? Is it probably Klopp's idea of our strongest team?
4: I think yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, I would say right now it is certainly our strongest team. Um, mm. But you know, I don't. We don't know which Bobby's going to come back into the team now. It could be that the time out will be will do him some good as well.
0: Well he um, was flying, right? He was Yeah, still, he
4: was kinda yeah, flying. Yeah, so yeah. but what I like about the fact is that we have four. I mean we can rotate them as needed, especially here, you know, I mean if Bobby's back here in the next couple of weeks to where, you know, it'll be good to be able to rotate him in um, you know, with with the other three. because um, Jada can kinda of play across I mean, I know he's played on the left some, I don't know if he's played on the, on the right really, but, but the fact that, you know, he could move over to the left, Bobby could be in the middle and give, you know, Sadio a bit of a rest if, you know, if needed is, you know, I think is a, is only a good thing. Um And, you know, to get Bobby the minutes in, I think though, would be important before January when Mo and Sadio go off to AFCON. Yeah. So
0: yeah that that is that is a particularly fear inducing reality that's off in the distance isn't it and i i i will i will admit just as a little tangent to being um completely inappropriately excited at the idea of a players meeting um that took place today where they were worried about um the tournament going ahead at all because uh, for purely selfish reasons i know it's an awful one-eyed uh, way to be mm-hmm. looking at the world but for purely selfish reasons i just uh, i hate the thoughts of those guys heading off anywhere when everything is there to be won by this team at the moment it's just uh it's it's just something that's that's sticking in my craw a little bit um a word on shot from you can before we move on to uh, the a slightly related topic
3: Jota is, for me, as close a player to Robbie Fowler in a Liverpool shirt I've seen since Robbie Fowler.
0: Really? Okay, that's an interesting one. I Go think on, I here. think he's
3: a, an absolute fox in the box, which Robbie was. Mm. He's 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 a poacher. He he has a knack for being in the right place at the right time. Just look at his goals against Southampton. That turn that he did uh, for that goal, remember Robbie Fowler against Aston Villa and Steve Staunton? I
0: do, actually. Somebody brought that up, yeah. It's yeah, good... so uh,
3: I know, obviously, completely different position in the park, but both left foot finishers, both screamers, both bangers. Um, Robbie Fowler against uh, Schmeichel at Old Trafford. Um, near post, top corner, just left Schmeichel standing there, didn't he? Um, that was the one where, uh, the first goal in that game was Robbie, shoulder barging Neville, and then, lo- uh, lobbing Sch- Schmeichel as well. So, um, I think Jotter has, has got something that Robbie Fowler had, and that's just a natural eye for goal. I think it's just phenomenal. But what you've also got with Jotter is, I think, I think he's phenomenal at the press. He's, a, he's excellent, you know, and, um, Yes, sometimes his link-up play leaves a lot to be desired for. Sometimes he doesn't seem to be involved in the game. And I think that's the difference between him and Bobby. Bobby's always involved. Bobby's always there. Bobby's always looking to do something. And there are obviously two very different pl- types of players. And what I think we'll see going forward now is when Bobby is fit and if we have all four players available, we will start to see what Lita Maria just touched on and that, and that rotation. And it will be like horses for courses. Um, because these players can't play every single game. It's just, it's just physically not possible. And to now have that option of having four players who can rotate around those front three, because don't forget you can rest, you can rest, you can rest Mo as well. And you can put uh, Sadio on the right, put Bobby in the middle, put Jota on the left. You know, we have we have options and we need options and it, it's crucial. You know, you just can't play free players all the time. It, it, it's just not going to work. I mean, that's where that's where your soft muscle injuries come from, especially.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it, 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 there's there's a very real situation that we're looking at. Um, and, and thankfully, they have come in and gotten a few goals, uh, which is important. But you could really be looking at Taki and and, yeah. and Divok being incredibly central in that period. And whatever about that, and that's in our immediate future. In our middle distance future is the World Cup uh in Qatar. And I wanted to bring this up because... Last week, we didn't have time to th- talk about it, and last week there was a couple of things confirmed, you know, that it would be going ahead and these are going to be the dates and the Premier League would cease on whatever it was, the 18th of December, whatever the hell it is, and would return on, on you know, a, a, a couple of weeks later. And, you know, that's all assuming that you know, it, 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 the Premier League will be starting again. But the 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 other tournament will won't be finished, and if your t- if your players go deep into that tournament, then you know, tough luck and so on and so forth. <laughs> and I just have, I have all sorts of terribly conflicting feelings about it. I spoke to Jason McIntyre on the show about it, and he was uh, quite bullish and positive about it and you know to be fair to jason as well he does have connections there
3: uh
0: in in that part of the world and 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 and, you know as a result was very positive about it i spoke to jan about it and jan was like yeah i don't really like it but what can we do um that was his take and anyone else i've talked to about it would be a lot more kind of uh forthright and saying they think it's an awful idea uh my take on it is that it kind of lessens both competitions kind of cheapens both of them i think um by running one in the middle of the other i i think it's daft on so many levels i i've no interest in getting into the uh the moralistic uh ethical uh argument but just purely from the scheduling perspective can we just talk about that for a second because you know there, there's, there's about 17 podcasts in the moral ethical thing um, so we'll shelve that for now but just in terms of the scheduling, you're Cam, You've just got done talking about how players can't do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. In terms of, but this is exactly what and I heard someone honest to God, Jason, God bless him, tried to liken it to a, a winter break. I'm like, not really, fast, no. you know? No, no, no. no.
4: for some people but not for everyone
0: yeah (laughs) you know so i mean i mean what's 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 your take on the Cam? i mean are we just going to make the best of it and go okay we've got a world cup in the middle of the season yay and then just i mean we just have to obviously we just have to pull up with it but it's do you do you get what i'm saying about cheapening both things
3: yeah I, i i do to a certain degree um i understand the concept of um Wanting to play the World Cup in as many different nations as possible. Um, I'm, I'm all for that because it is exactly that, the World Cup. So you want as many nations to have the opportunity to host the World Cup. I'm all for that. hundred percent behind that idea. What I don't like is obviously I'm, I'm going to have to touch on it because it is what it is. I don't like how. You know the the rumours are how they've they've managed to secure the World Cup. That that doesn't sit well. Um And obviously, knowing the implications of what the summers are like there, why wasn't that taken into consideration before it was awarded to that nation? You know, it it is serious. You know, the, the temperatures there can go well over 40 degrees touching on possibly 50 degrees in the summer there so they knew it was going to be very difficult to host the world cup and expect players to play 90 minutes in in that heat it 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 was just physically not possible so that was a disturbing aspect of everything so yes they've had to find a compromise so yes we'll play it in winter yes we'll play play the games at I'm assuming that the matches are going to be played more at night time. There'll be no daytime games. So, um, okay, compromise. So what do we do about the seasons? Oh, let's just split the season off. Right, okay. If you're gonna stop the if you're gonna stop the season, what you've got to take into consideration then is the players who are actually gonna be playing in that tournament. They're not getting a break. Because normally if there's a summer tournament the, the tournament might either start at the beginning of the summer or it might be towards the end but there'll be a, a they'll the players will get a break sort of either side so what's going to happen now is that the, uh, the players are going to go to the world cup they're not going to get a break before them because the season finishes on what was it December the seventeenth or eighteenth you said Trev?
0: I think so yeah
3: yeah and then World Cups pretty much start straight away
0: and they' they'll then
3: they're, and then they're
4: back to it yeah yeah and then it, and then there's
3: then they're straight back to it. So um, wh- where where did? But then the players who haven't gone, they've had a nice break while the World Cup was on. <laughs> so there's no consideration really of the actual players here. and 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 that again is the problem with FIFA and UEFA. I was going to say, don't care about
4: they don't the care about the players. They no. just care about making the money.
3: Of course they do, and it's not like they're short of a bob or two. It's not like they. <laughs> You know, haven't had enough pa- brown paper bags, and um, well, it's, it's more than paper bags now, isn't it? So, um, hey, hey,
0: yeah. hey, I'll, I'll do, I'll do the conspiracies. Yeah, well, you just, well, you, I, just you just, <laughs> you just stay in your lane, branch.
3: No, I, I think <laughs> these are more than conspiracies. I was gonna say, well, I don't know that
4: there's much of a conspiracy at <laughs> play um,
3: here. And, and again, and and that, like I say, this is the thing that doesn't sit well with me. I'm all for the World Cup. I love the World Cup. The World Cup should be every four years, or something, not every two yes. years. That yeah. is. Yeah, on a related note,
4: that's ridiculous.
3: Bollocks. <laughs> put it politely. Yeah. And, um, I think it was, it, uh, Jan or Jason was saying that they were sat at a table and Arsene was there and he was asking the question and everybody's like, no. But he seems to be hell bent on doing this again. So where does that leave the European Championships?
0: Yeah, like he's he's a great man, and he's 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 it's had just, a profound impa- impact impact yeah. on football in 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 our parts of the world. But like, that is a lunatic notion.
3: What I will say though is, on this as well, this would I know I think it I think it was Arsene Wenger who proposed an actual change to the way the seasons are actually run. I think he wanted to do something more to make it more of a summer sport here in the UK, right. rather than a winter sport. Yeah. But obviously, all the summer sports here in the UK would suffer massively. Your crickets, your, your rugby leagues, your you know, uh, um, and whatever else, your golfs and all that. Because a lot of the football fans do still go and watch a lot of these summer sports. So there would have been a potential impact for them. But because the summer in the UK doesn't tend to get too hot and I I don't know, I think UEFA were possibly looking at this as well was was making it more of a, a yearly game rather than spread over one year to another you know, August to May sort of thing and make it February to November sort of thing and then that way, if you were to have a World Cup you could still have a World Cup over the winter period pretty much anywhere because football be, can, can be played then in a, in a winter period because we do that anyway. But would that take something away from the World Cup and the European Championships then? I don't know. But yeah. what I do know is football played at night time is a hell of a lot better than football played during the day. Well, it's about playing football under the lights and in the winter you're going to get more games under the lights, aren't you?
0: As an Irishman remembering back to the World Cup of ninety four in America and watching our poor our poor <laughs> pasty paddies suffering um oh. trying to play against Mexico, lads on the sideline with, with, with peaky caps on them uh lad's shades of puce taking on water left right, and center i mean it is unnatural
3: hydration uh, levels must be yeah horrendous.
0: it's i mean it there's a cruelty to that like especially if you're not used to it like so I don't know like regardless it, I just wanted to bring it up because it's one of these things that's got like it's it, it's such a mad concept, and I think there's something about it's over
4: here again in twenty twenty six
0: yeah
4: well it's across canada the us and mexico but yeah
0: but it it, the the idea of interrupting the season is such a bananas concept and i just think at the moment everybody's just so accepting of everything being utterly crazy and going along with and going oh i suppose we have got to do this now do we uh we're all just very accepting at the moment and uh, you know it's worthy of a little bit of um, pushback at least and to 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 sort of segue out of this, I was part of a conversation during the week there about when was your first World Cup, and again, you know, this is uh, going to be terribly revelatory uh, for for me in regards to you know the what age I am this week. But I would actually I, I'd have to say that my first World Cup that I was aware of was 82 because I just knew it was happening and I was of an age where I was playing football. Um, I was very young still, but, you know, I knew it was happening. I was, I think, nine, eight, nine, Um, but it was 86 for me. And my God, did I just consume that World Cup just whole. we Mexico, yeah. Watched every, it's the, it's the Maradona one, you know, Uh, we watched every single match we could watch myself and my brother. Um, in the lead up to the World Cup, there was a load of stuff. I couldn't wait because obviously my hero was going to be playing for Scotland. Um, I couldn't wait to see Kenny playing in the World Cup. I was so looking forward to that. Um, and then there was some rumors of some falling out with Ferguson or something that was on the radio. And, uh, you won't, you might remember this, Cam, but there was rumors. Uh, and it was crazy talk, really, but there were rumors as well that Pele was back in training and was going to make an appearance oh. at that World Cup as well. It I don't was, remember this. But... It was just, it was bananas stuff. And the world, the, 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 tournament itself was so good, uh, in terms of being able to watch that little genius, uh, do his thing. So that, that's, that's my one. Um, listen Marie, for you, uh, awareness of World Cups, your first one?
4: Probably. The one that I truly remember really being aware of in, and I mean, I was in college at the time, but I think it was 94. And I'm sure that was because it was in the U.S. Um, my one brother was very much into playing the game. And and when any, when I think of that World Cup, I think of the t-shirt that he had with, you know, the, the logo on it, um, that he had forever. And so, but you know, you've got to remember as a sport, Soccer over here was not, you know, it it just wasn't the draw that it is basically everywhere else in the world. And I even remember when the world, I do kind of remember when the World Cup was awarded to the U.S. Everyone's like, why, why, why are they coming here? Um, (laughs) Awareness, but it did. It it helped grow, you know, it did help grow the game here, um, you know, and and I think. There's a lot more interest. I mean, I th- I think it will be an interesting contrast, um, you know, in 2026. Um, in fact, I think right. Nashville is actually in the running to be one of the the sites. Um, oh really? Okay. Some of the games, wow. yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, but we'll see because
3: everyone look. ran to Lisa Marie's house. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, you know,
3: well, make space.
4: We have space. We do have space. Yeah. <laughs> I only
3: need a shed, by the way.
4: Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, comes low maintenance like that.
4: Don't <laughs> we'll worry about it in 2026. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so '94 really I think was and, and it was the first one. But you know, the U.S. team doesn't always make the World Cup. So huh? <laughs> yeah. now the one more recently, I do remember um, in 2010, my oldest son was I think what like eight at the time, and so he was really into it. So that was more, I think that was the first time that we were really watching the games. Um, but I've always, as far as the world cup, it's been the women's team that I've always, you know, followed, um, much more closely than, than the men's U.S. team. So.
0: Well, that's a different, that's a different kettle (laughs) of fish because you guys are so good. (laughs)
4: Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's 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 it must be a joy to watch and to be supporting um, the US because they are like a, you know they they are the the team. I mean, th- just to go back to the '94 thing, surely the the Irish thing must have had some resonance for you as well, did it?
4: Oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, because I mean, it was such a big deal for like you know for us, like to be out there.
4: But, you know, uh, it was funny because all right, so that was '94 what 94 and of course you know the olympics were in atlanta in 96 and it was kind of the same stuff where it was hot it's like all right did did no one really look at what the temperatures are in georgia in the in july i mean let's get real here um yeah <laughs> it's <hot>.
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they haven't thought that through at all uh Cam, what about you what was the, what's your world cup 30s?
3: well i'm like you um but it, with each thing you said i'm four years before that, so oh,
0: so eighty two for you.
3: Well, yeah, so but starting at seventy eight, I vaguely remember that with Argentina uh, winning that. Uh, I think they won the final three one against uh, the Netherlands. I think it was um, Mario Kempes and all that. Mario Kempes. It was the Mario Kempes World Cup, wasn't it? Final, you know, with his long flowing hair and uh, and, and the, 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 ticker, the tape. ticker tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tape. the the abiding memory for me don't remember anything else that's all I remember at 78 I was only um, nine years old then so um, it was a real distant memory so 82 was the World Cup for me and it was all about the Brazilian team yeah and I was mesmerised absolutely mesmerised you know you had had, uh, like Carlos in goal you had uh, Adinho Júnior Junior Leandro, Lazinho, Oscar, uh, Seagull. Favka, Seagull, Zico, Zico, Socrates, Socrates, you know, so elegant, uh, Ed, uh, Um, you know, they're just wonderful, wonderful football players, and it—I just felt they were magicians with the ball. It was like they were the Harlem Globetrotters of football. The way yeah. they played, I, you know, I literally cried when Rossi got the hat trick, and. And knock them out because that was the first goals he scored in the tournament. Was that, you know, and he went on to be, be the top goal scorer because he, then he got two in the semi final and he got one in the final. And I, I remember the final and I remember the, uh, um, one of the, I think it was Tardelli when he scored the goal against, uh, oh, yeah, he goes against through, yeah, yeah. His, his celebration for me. It's magic. It's most magical celebration yeah. of a goal. And yeah. I, I was jumping for joy, even though I was crying because they had knocked out my Brazil team. I was so happy with that. Sal- I just felt it. It it yeah. was inside me. I that emotion that I, I'm sure it was Tardelli who scored it was, the goal. It was Tardelli. Yeah. He's got, and, he's got and his, and his arms he's, out he's in front got front. His arm down by his side yeah. and his fists are clenched yeah. and and he's running and he's screaming and it's like the you could almost feel like that he had tears coming down his cheek, and oh, it was just that is the World Cup. Well, that it's, is it's, the World Cup, right there.
0: Surprise, surprise! An Italian gent is uh, quite um, uh, emotionally uh, adept at expressing uh, expressing how he's feeling. Is uh, it not, not not really a shock there? Uh, like, and that that is one of the best images. Actually, they used it, I think. For the '86 World Cup in the coverage, there was a slow motion shot of Tardelli, and the, the head is going side to side, and the great, hands right yeah. in front of him. Oh man, it's just great. Yeah, you, that's a really it's good. The best memory thing ever. Yeah.
3: I, I can't, I can't remember a better celebration. You know, a no. celebration that has stuck in my mind. No. Nearly. It's coming up to 40 years now. Yeah, because his head's gone. His head's yeah. just gone. You know. It, because it, I can't even. I can't. I couldn't tell you what the goal was like. No, I don't remember the goal either. Yeah, I, I, tell, just... I remember it was on watching from the, watching on the telly. It was a right hand goal because he'd then yeah. running back towards the halfway line, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah that's but... all I thought. But I can't tell you anything about Yeah, I can remember quite a few of the Brazilian goals. I remember yeah. some of the Rossi goals, but I don't remember that goal because it was all about the celebration.
0: Yeah, you've got to love it you've got to love it and that's a nice upbeat note for us to start winding things up on so I should do exactly that we said we'd stick to the hour we're going to do that so Lisa Marie have you got anything that you want to plug or mention to finish the show with
4: uh, no I will not be able to watch the Wolves game live tomorrow because I'm doing the dance mom thing again oh, my um, mom. this child is really messing with my schedule uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> They tend to do. Yes, um, they do. Yeah, so, so I will have to catch it. I'll be able to watch it later in the day, though. So um, I'll look forward to uh, post-match Raw and catching on any of the uh, whatever happens there. So, um, so yeah, no, um, nothing else, really. I I, yeah, I, mean, I could read some more from Paul's hopefully <laughs> not more winning essay, but, but I won't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, boy, um, <laughs> potentially oh, in his mind it is award-winning i mean no doubt,
0: no doubt. you should
4: hear him I, he's you know he does not lack um self-confidence right now but anyway so no um just hope everyone has a nice weekend um i'll uh, you know hopefully the cats stay out of the christmas trees and you know all that fun stuff and <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is getting towards that time. I have. I've. I haven't given in and put my put my decorations up yet. But I will soon. Um. What about you, Cam? Anything to plug or finishes up with specifically?
3: Uh, nothing to plug as such, apart from all the usual AI Pro, and AI pods and writings. Some of the work uh, Steve Smith's doing on it, writing exceptional. Um, yes. Please, please go and have a good read of this stuff. Um, very enlightening. Um, luckily enough, um tomorrow uh, I'll be at the Molyneux. Um, Harinder uh-huh. uh, Bajie and Gags have um, done me a solid. So um, me and Gags are meeting up before the game, but, and I should be seeing Harinder at the game. Um, and then I've got to get back quite quickly after the game, so we've got a family thing on tomorrow night. Um, and just to finish, uh, just to say... Three weeks ago, four weeks, three weeks ago, we, we'd lost to West Ham and um, I sort of said, you know, we need to be more trusting and more believing of our manager and, um, you know, that he he will turn things around and put things right. Uh, I, I strongly had that belief, you know, as, um, you know, otherwise I wouldn't have said it and I, I'm... I'm Really, quite pleased at the moment that um, you know. I'm I'm not saying I'm smug as a a cheshire cat here, but um, yeah, there is a little little bit of a grin on my face, to say the least. So um, because there was a lot of negativity after that result, but what I think it has done is it gave us not just as a fan base, but as a as a as a as a club a kick up the arse. And sometimes you need a kick up the arse, and um, you know, we were behind West Ham at that point in the table we're now seven points ahead of them so it's crazy you know we're four points behind Chelsea we're now two points behind Chelsea and and things can change in football very very quickly um I'm not I still don't know you know last week I said I still think Chelsea are favorites for the league I don't think that that's really changed because you know they're, still, they're grinding out results and that's a sign of a great team but you know, we we scored forty three goals in the league this season in fourteen games, um, and we've got more clean sheets than Chelsea in the league. So things are looking good uh, for Reds, and you know, let's let's keep that confidence going forward.
0: Loving the upbeat finish this podcast is tremendous. Um, I have nothing to say except that um, if you are vaguely interested, I will be churning out two great stories in the month of December because it's Christmas. Ho ho ho! Um, but aside from that, do keep a listen out for, as Cam says, all the good work being done by various people connected with uh, Anfield Index in general, um, and Anfield Index Pro specifically um, for some of the ones that we're, we've mentioned there. Um, if you have considered subscribing to uh, Anfield Index Pro and not yet done it. This would be a good time, Um, give it a go, see what you like about it, I think you'll find a lot Um, and the main thing I'd say to you is it's got to be worth a punt uh, to see how you get on with it Uh, and most people, uh, if not all people, tend to stay the course because I have no qualms in saying that it's the best fan content out there. And that means it's quite a bit better than all the stuff that you're paying through your nose for to watch on your satellite television. Um, So that's my recommendation to you. We should finish up. I've been Trev Downey. You heard Lisa Marie and You heard Cam Branch. This was the Anfield Index podcast, and we'll be back with you soon.
2: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically.